On this episode of the Highlander Podcast, we talk with Levi Bassett, Shooting Sports Training Manager for the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. We talk about shooting sports in Utah and the Willie Wapiti Smoke Bowl Biathlon, a black powder competition at Hardware Ranch. Okay, welcome back everyone. This is Chase Anderson and I'm joined today by Levi Bassett, the Shooting Sports Training Manager at the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you here. We haven't had anyone um, talk shooting sports, uh, so this this is exciting. It's something that I've grown up doing, um, especially related to the topic um, black powder and, and muzzleloader. Um, I grew up doing that and wanted to have you up to talk about one of the events that, that you guys put on here locally. Um, and, you know, I want to get the title right. It's, I guess, informally the Mountain Man Biathlon um, what, what's the formal name? Yeah, so the full name is, is kind of a mouthful. It's the Willy Wapiti Smoke Pole Biathlon is oh, what wow. we call it. But Where's, Where does that originate <clears throat> from? Where's that So Willy Wapiti is just a name of a – well, Wapiti is elk. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of a name we came up with, Willy Wapiti. Smoke Pole is what they used to call muzzleloaders um, back in the trapping and fur harvesting days. So Right, and elk because this, this event takes place – up by up in Hardware Ranch, up right? At Hardware Ranch, yep. That's awesome. Um, so this year the event just took place, right? When when was that? It did. It took place January fifteenth, eighteenth, okay. somewhere right mid January. That's there. awesome. And so it takes takes place around the same time every year, kind of yep. in that January time. Uh, how how long has it been going on? And and maybe we can dive in and what is the event? Yeah. So it's been going on four or five years now. Um, we started with nine people and it's just slowly been growing to about 50 but um what this event is is essentially a way for people to shoot muzzleloaders in a competition format um and so in utah there's not a lot of um muzzleloader competitions there's a few very small clubs that hold them but um overall muzzleloading and and um, especially in lines in Utah and hunting with those weapons um, is becoming more and more popular. And so we wanted a way that people could just get out and have fun and practice with their, their muzzleloader in the middle of January. You know, It's probably a great way to expose people who maybe are on the fence. They've, they've wanted to get into this, but they've, maybe they've never done it before. Is that, is that the case? Do you find a lot of people at some of these last events, they come – looking to get into it, but they don't necessarily know someone who's done it. That's exactly right. And that's, that's exactly what this event was designed for is for those that have never shot before those that just want to come up and learn what muzzleloader is all about. Um, and kind of the traditions behind it. And so, um, in shooting sports as as I'm sure, you know, um, there's a lot of egos in, and you'll you'll come across them and and shooting entering a shooting competition can be very intimidating and so this event we we took that all away and we wanted it to be a fun friendly just go and have fun learning how to shoot a muzzleloader type of environment that's awesome so can you give us a picture of like what does it look like the day of like give us a picture of what's going on during the yeah event. so um <clears throat> A competitor that um, comes that will register on Eventbrite. The Divisional Wildlife uses Eventbrite for most of its um, events, and it's 
eventbrite.com you can find you can look up division of wildlife and see all of our events that we have so most of them register there and then you come to the event um a lot of them dress up in mountain men it's not required it's just a fun thing to do um they enjoy doing it um bring your muzzleloader uh get registered um sign in and then They'll hand you a card with a start time, and as soon as you say go, they write the start time on it, and then you're going to run or walk this trail. Um, typically in snow, most of them use snowshoes, um, and then you'll come to the first station, you'll load your muzzleloader, shoot at a target. We keep them between 25 and 75 yards away, and then once you shoot at that station, you'll just move on to the next station, which is about uh, 40, 50 yards away down the trail and so you just continue through we shoot about 10 shots or so depending on the year and then once you finish your last shot you'll hurry up back to the starting line and they'll record your time that's awesome so it's it's got elements of the traditional biathlon which i'm, I'm not as familiar with but but you're shooting not with a muzzleloader, right? With a, a rifle of some kind. And then there's like a ski element to it, exactly. right? You're, you're wearing cross-country skis and skiing from place to place. And that's, I imagine, longer distances. What, what's the distance total that, that someone is, is walking or snowshoeing? Oh, I, I, we keep it within two or 300 yards. Yeah, so it's manageable you know? for yeah, anybody. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, and then for, for people who don't know, like this is unique because the reloading is different from the reloading that would take place during a, a traditional biathlon. Um, you know, for someone who's not familiar with black powder or a muzzleloader, w- what is that uh, type of rifle? Yeah. What's so different about it. Um, a muzzleloader rifle is, is loaded pretty much the projectile is loaded by hand. So instead of having a cartridge that contains a primer, the powder and a bullet, you pretty much build that yourself. So you're going to, put powder down the barrel you're going to put typically a patch and then a round ball um, and then you're going to on the other end of the the rifle you're going to put a cap manually put a cap on and that'll be your primer that ignites the powder and so essentially you're building your own cartridge when you when you shoot muzzleloaders yeah that's great I, and i've i've participated not in this event but in in shooting black powder and it's fun it's just different it's yeah. it's so hands-on and and you know measuring out your powder and and putting your wad in and all that it's it's just fun it's different it's not something that i think people you know traditionally do and and even people who shoot maybe haven't experienced it yep um and to be in that environment where it's kind of in a race setting is probably different for a lot of shooters too is that yeah imagine that's new for a lot of them right yeah it is because the the race the time setting doesn't necessarily come down to how fast you can walk 200 yards right right a lot of it comes down to how quick you can reload right and so um it's a lot of fun and and there's different techniques and different styles we allow different things you know more traditionals uh, will allow quick loads and um I don't know. That's probably going too too deep into. No, it, that's but. that's great. I I think what's fun about these types of events, and I've you know we talked a little off air. I do some. I mean, I'm not competitive, but participate in some competitive shooting uh, with the single action shooting group that's up here um, on occasion. But whenever I've participated with that group, or I imagine with this group, it's very welcoming, and it's never yes. competing against each other. You know, they they certainly mm-hmm. rank you against everyone else, but. It doesn't seem like anyone 
thinks that way. It's always like you're racing against yourself. Yeah. Right? Um, is, is that the case with this event? That's exactly it. I, I don't know how to describe the competition aspect other than it's like being with a group of buddies and seeing who can skip the most rocks on the water. Mm, I mean, yeah. that's the competition aspect of it. Right. It's fun. You're just laughing, having a good time. There's a competitive edge to it, but nobody really gives a hoot. You know, it's just fun. Right. And so. most people seem pretty willing to help share and, and educate you. And, you know, I've been to some events, you know, with the single action shooting group. And, and these guys are all dressed up in like period cowboy attire. You've yep. probably seen them. But, um, you know, some of them are willing, you know, if you don't have the whole setup and the guns, they're like, well, here, shoot mine. Right. Um, it seems like most people in this in this environment are happy to just educate people and help you get into the sport. That's like exactly to see growth right. in the sport. Right. That's exactly right. And, and like you say, black powder shooting, single action shooting, uh, 99% of the guys are willing to let you shoot their gun or teach you how to do it. Um, at the event, I should mention that, um, typically we have a beginner's kind of target that mm-hmm. we will let people that have never shot, they can come up and learn how to load a muzzleloader, learn how to shoot it, learn the correct techniques. Right. And then we'll have equipment up there. If they want to use it, they can actually go through the course. So, yeah, if if you've never done it or just want to learn how to do it, this is the event to come to. That's great. Um, besides this, where, where do people go to learn black powder? It's it's one of those things that, like, you, you could have heard about it or you think it's cool, but – you know, some people with the right attitude can go out and just like learn it on YouTube and get all the stuff and, and right. kind of figure it out. But what about people who want to be a part of a community or want someone hands-on who can help them? Is that something that, that you do in your work? Um, or are there events around the state outside of this for people who want to learn more about black powder? Yeah. So black powder is kind of the, the hidden gem in the shooting world. Um, whereas there's not a lot of ev- organized events for it. Um, and there's not a lot of resources. I learned from my dad. You probably learned from your family. And mm-hmm. traditionally, that's how it's handed down. Um, if you go out to the – in Cache Valley, we're lucky to have a division-owned public shooting range. And if you go out there and ask around, people are typically more than willing to help you learn and, and learn the correct procedure. Um, just like any firearm, black powder can be dangerous. Um, and so you want to learn the correct technique. You want to learn how to do it right, the correct amount of powder. Yeah. And so um, it, go visit the range here in Cache Valley. Um, other than that, YouTube's a great resource. There's a few mountain men black powder groups throughout the state. Um, they don't advertise very well. So you have to go to the yeah. ranges and ask specifically about them. But, yeah. Right. But but the shooting range is probably the best resource. Is, is there someone from um, Division of Wildlife Resources that is there on staff that can help educate? Or yeah. So, like? so the Cache Valley Public Shooting Range and the Lee K Shooting Range in Salt Lake, they're owned by the Division of Wildlife Resources. And so we have full-time staff there. Oh, great. And so if you go and, and ask them, talk to them, they'll be more than willing to help or at least hook you up with someone that can okay that can that, help you. That's good to know because I, I would imagine some people might think, well, they're probably there busy doing other things and keeping the whole operation running. Maybe they don't have time to help teach me how to do this thing. But sure. is that but, not the case? That may be the case, okay. you know, but um, at our 
ranges, we have tons of volunteers that come in every day to help run it. Oh, that's great. Um, and so if, if one of our division employees can't help you, they're going to hook you up with a volunteer that they trust. That's good. That's been there, a range safety officer that can help teach you. Oh, that's great. So, so kind of going back to the event, why, why was, um, why was Cache Valley, Blacksmith Fork Canyon, um, hardware ranch selected? for this type of an, an event, you know, uh, f- you have locations all over the state that would be a good fit for this. Why was, why was a site selected up here? Yeah. Well, Cache Valley has a rich history of trapping mountain men rendezvous, and especially that area. Um, the Hiram bench area right at the mouth of blacksmith fork is where they held mountain men rendezvous. Um, and so it just, it's full of history up there. And so we, we thought what a there couldn't be a better place in the state to have it um a lot of it comes down to um as the state shooting sports manager um there's people on the region level that also put on shooting events and i just kind of go and help and and you know do what i can there and this event was actually put on by our northern region. And mm-hmm. so it fell that Hardware Ranch was in the northern region. They wanted to start this. And so we jumped on board and helped them with all we could. And and so that's kind of how it's grown to what it is today. That's great. Um, it, we touched on this a little bit. So this is really uncommon in the state to have an event like this. Uh, how about around the country? I imagine someone was inspired by maybe an event that they saw outside of the state. Um, are you aware of, you know, where are some of these events across the country? Do you know? Or so that's a great question. Um, I do know of the. They still hold mountain men rendezvous mm-hmm. uh, throughout the country. Um, at those rendezvous, they had this style of event where they'd go and and shoot. There is um, the NRA. Um, I I hope I'm right in saying this. The NRA has an organization, a, a muzzleloading organization style um, shooting competition that they hold events but um, I haven't heard of any close or or in the state of Utah for sure but that's not to say they're not here they're just not as well known or or you know well advertised right some of this has to be sought out a little bit Um, so in terms of of participation I can't remember if we talked about this on air or off air but um, how has it grown over time I, I know that this last event was the biggest yet, right? Yep. How, what does that look like? And kind of what are you looking at in the future? How many people do you hope to accommodate at this event in the future? So that's a good question. Um, we, we hope it grows, right? It, at the division, we never hope that we get um, too many people that we can't hold an event. Sure. We, we always hope, and we'll find a place to do it if, if that's the case. But um, it, it's evolved a little bit. Um, it used to be just traditional muzzleloaders. Um, could go and shoot. Um, and we've started allowing inline muzzleloaders. We've got a lot of feedback from the public that that those inline muzzleloader shooters want to come and shoot as well. Can and you so, describe the difference between that? Yeah. So a traditional muzzleloader is when you think of a mountain man with his rifle, that's what it is. You know, Woodstock, um, it's a percussion cap that is located on the outside of the rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the real difference is that the the spark that's made by <clears throat> the percussion cap has to go in and, and cut at an angle to ignite the powder. 
Whereas inline muzzleloaders, they're the more modern ones. They look like most rifles out there today. Um, they use a bigger primer. They're more reliable. They can use different types of powder, different projectiles. Um, they're able to shoot a lot, a lot longer distances. Um, a lot of them put scopes on them, and so they're able to reach out there mm. quite a bit. And so that that's kind of the main difference is um, it used to be just a traditional only event. Now we're allowing inline guys. And because there's there's not a lot of muzzleloader events out there, and those guys want to get out and shoot it as well. So. Right. So that's really helped open it up to, to more users, more yeah. participants. So how, how many people participated in this last event? Uh, we had right around 50. I think it was 48. Oh, that's great. Where, where are these people coming from? It's not all Cash Valley people. You probably have people across the state. No. Where are people coming from? Yeah, so they travel from southern Idaho to – uh, Salt Lake area and, you know, mostly northern Utah. That's kind of who we've marketed to. Mm-hmm. And so our the gentleman who won it was out of Salt Lake. And so mm-hmm. he came up and, and had a good time. We uh, we often get mountain men families um, that come. And so uh, one out of southern Idaho traditionally comes every year. And so, yeah. Well, I know that my, my brothers are planning on driving up from Salt Lake next year. So, awesome. Um, <laughs> So that's that's great that you're able to pull people up from from south, you know, to come up this way. Yeah. Um, kind of. This isn't your full time work. Um, I mean, your full time role is is covering shooting sports over the the whole state. And I'd, I'd be curious to to get into that a little bit. What does that look like for you? What what are you responsible for uh, statewide? Mm-hmm. And and then maybe we can get into day to day. What does your role look like? Yeah. So every region in the state puts on shooting clinics or shooting events. Um, and I try and go and support as best I can with those. Um, my roles are more the statewide competitions. Um, and right now specifically we have two youth programs that take up a lot of my time that I, we put a lot of attention on. The first one is the national archery in the schools program. Um, we have 130 odd schools registered in that where, kids as a as a class in PE learn how to shoot archery and then from there they go and compete at our state event which just happened on Saturday um, we had right around we had a thousand twenty students compete in that um, event which is it's just huge 130 shooters on the line at a time wow. and and so that it was a lot of fun we we partner with the mule deer foundation and in conjunction with the sportsman's expo and hold it down there. Um, coming up, we host a couple of regional events. So in April, we're going to host the national archery in the schools, Western national event. Mm. And that one, we get about three, 3000 students out to, mm. we hold that at the Southtown expo center. Other than that, another big, um, statewide a shooting program that I'm in charge of is called our Youth Hunter Education Challenge, or YHEC, um, most people call it. Um, <clears throat> and that is basically what you learn in hunter education just made into a competition level. Mm. So the, the competitors will compete in four shooting events and four knowledge events. So they'll compete in shotgun, archery, muzzleloader, and twenty two rifle. And then the knowledge events they'll compete in are wildlife identification, orienteering, how to use a map and compass. Um, they'll go through a, a walk through safety trail is what it's called. But essentially it's a course that they 
walk through and they're presented with different scenarios, shoot, don't shoot scenarios, mm-hmm. is it they, they'll come across a turkey and they'll have a tag for a turkey in their pocket. And the, the person taking them around will say, is this safe to shoot or not shoot? Well, they may, there may be a person behind them in the bush that they have to see. And so um, that, and then they're tested on a written event. So the Youth Hunter Education Challenge is, is a big one. We hold our state event. It travels throughout the year, um, or travels throughout the state every year. This year it's in Price. Um, and then we're lucky enough to host the Western Regional event for that as well. And that one's going to be up at Hardware Ranch again. Oh, great. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So largely it sounds like the bulk of your time is spent organizing events to, to get people more involved in shooting sports. Is exactly. that safe to say? Yep, that's it's exactly ex- right. Are you seeing an increase in participants just across the board, a lot of interest in, in shooting sports, whether it's archery or you know, any of the different rifles or handguns, kind of what does that look like across the state interest in shooting sports? Yeah. Surprisingly it's growing Um, with, with, you would think with the political climate that we're in and, and everything going on um, that it would be stagnant or decline, but we're growing our national archery in the schools program grows every year. Last year at our state event, we only had 880 shooters, Right. We've grown it by 200 shooters this year. This is know, how so. ignorant I am. I didn't even think about archery as kind of falling under shooting sports. But how big of an area of, of you know of interest is that for people? I mean, you just kind of talked about the competition side, but yeah. it kind of wasn't even on my radar that ra- archery is as big as as it is. Archery has grown. Archery hunting has grown. Archery competition shooting in general has grown. There's lots of archery programs out there. What do you think is, is causing some of that? Have you heard from, from different people anything that gives you an idea? Uh, I have no idea, to huh. be honest. <laughs> we, uh, we just take it and run with it and try and make it the best we can. And, and it, it may be different across the nation, but here in Utah, it's growing. And so uh, we're pretty lucky to be in a state that, that supports archery and, and shooting sports in general. And so... That's great. So what does your role look like day to day? You're, you're at any given point in the year, it's probably a little different, right? Cause you're sure. planning different or planning and organizing different events, but day to day, what is your, what does your role look like? Yeah. So I spend a lot of time organizing events, whether that's meeting with the venue where we're going to hold the event, um, getting volunteers. We work a lot with volunteers, um, to help run these events. Um, I meet a lot with different sponsors to, and people from the industry to get them on board and support a lot of these programs. And they're great to work with. And um, <clears throat> we get some huge support from a lot of Utah locally based companies, Easton Arrows, Hoyt Bows. Mm-hmm. Um, they're huge supporters. We get other support, you know, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Mule Deer Foundation, Vortex. So I, I work a lot with those guys and and try and build a partnership that we can grow their their business and also grow especially youth shooting sports. Right. So at any given time you're talking with, you know, a potential partner or organizing an event or working with volunteers at any given time. How do you how do you fall into that role? Is this something you knew you always wanted to do? How did you get into this type of work? No, so I, I actually got really lucky. I competed in youth shooting sports um, all growing up. 
and it was pretty much anything my parents could afford we did and so um, then I I served in LDS mission and I went off to college and I actually got my degree in rangeland management Mm. I wanted to be a range scientist Um, started in grad school in range sciences and then this job opening came came available and I thought well heck I might as well apply and see how it goes and I was lucky enough to get it and so it which is great because shooting sports is my passion you know it's it's what I grew up doing it's what I love and so um, what what's attracted you to it like even since you were a kid like what is it about shooting sports and was it all the sports one in particular what was your first exposure yeah so my family's a, a competitive family just like most out there you know um but um, just a little bit about me, I'm fairly short. And so I'm only five, three and shooting sports really appealed to me because of the competition aspect, but I didn't have to be the tallest. I didn't have to be the fastest. I didn't have to be the strongest. And so I could just go and compete and be on the same level as anybody else. And a lot of it's just mental toughness and, mm. and learning proper procedure and following steps. And so as a youth being involved in shooting sports, you learn focus and determination and all those different things that you learn in any other competition based sport. Um, but you're able to learn it with no, there's no physical, you know, advantage. Right. Can you speak to the mental toughness side? Like, what do you feel like you're, maybe you can speak to a specific event that you've participated in. What, like just speak to the mental focus that that is needed to like yeah. perform at the at the highest level so, when you're in a in an event. Yeah, so one of the most popular ones that I compete in is trap shooting. Mm-hmm. And trap shooting is 20% mental, 80% or 20% physical, 80% mental. Mm-hmm. Whereas it only takes 20% of your focus and determination to lift the shotgun to your shoulder, pull the trigger, absorb the recoil, reload another shotgun shell. It's not that hard, Um, but 80% of it is mental, wherein you've got to be focused on the bird every single time for 300 birds straight, 200 birds straight, and you don't want to miss a bird. And so that takes mental toughness, focus, determination to be actively engaged in that for 200 clay pigeons straight, you know? And so that's, that's what it's taught is a lot of perseverance, endurance, um, but on the mental side. Wow. I didn't realize that in some of those competitions you're shooting 200 or 300 times. That's yeah. I'm, I'm done after 50. I'm, I'm like <laughs> worn out. So that's impressive. Uh, is that something you still do? Do you find that where this is your full-time work, you, you don't have as much time to, to shoot as you'd like, or has some of, uh, you know, some people like their passion becomes their work and it yeah. diminishes you know, the love that they had for it. Have you felt that at all? Or? It, it definitely hasn't diminished the love of it, That's but good. it's diminished the practice time right. for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't get out and practice or compete as much as I'd like to or, or want to, which is, you know, it, it, but there's always a progression in life, you know, and so I, I'm to a point where it's just as fun to go and watch people I know do well at a shooting competition than it is for me to go and do well at a shooting competition. Right. So. so how how often, like during the year, are you actively at like a range or at an event where people are shooting at any given point in time? Um, I'd say 20, 25% of the time. Okay. 
you're I'm, out there at I'm the out range. at ranges or you know doing stuff with shooters that's awesome um we we talked a little bit about this but kind of going back to the event itself um how can people be involved next year um and or just in shooting sports in general what what are the needs that you have um when it comes to volunteers how can people be involved yeah so there's a few different things with that with that question the first is if you have youth that want to be involved the divisional my job the divisional wildlife focuses a lot on youth shooting sports um and so if you go to wildlife.utah.gov our division website click on the discover tab scroll down to shooting sports you'll find two different um shooting styles there the two that i talked about the national archery in the schools program and the youth hunter education challenge you'll find information there my contact information's there um but yeah, there's a lot of programs for youth. That's not it. Those are just the ones that the division runs. But we um, promote and support different youth shooting sports throughout the state. And there's a lot of them. So if you have any questions about any discipline or style of shooting, just just email me. The best thing to stay involved for this event, particularly the smoke, the Willy Wapiti Smoke Pole Biathlon, is to stay up to date on Eventbrite. Eventbrite is where we post all of our event listings. And so um, we'll post it a few months ahead, typically November, December-ish. Somewhere in there, we'll post the event. And then you can start to get registered. And you can subscribe to the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources Eventbrite page, and then you'll you'll be notified, right? Yep, exactly. Okay, perfect. Um, other than that, if you just want to get started, you can email me. Uh, my contact divisions on the or my contact is on the division website um or just head to one of our ranges and ask around say i'm new to this i want to get involved uh what can i do and and they'll point you in the right direction well that's great so i i think you gave us a few great places to direct people um social media as well i know you guys are pretty active there um on all platforms um and we touched on how to stay in uh, you know aware of future events. I think Eventbrite, that's a great place for people to go and and be notified. Um, I know I'm going to do that right as, you know, as soon as we leave. So um, anything else you want to leave, leave our listeners with when it comes to to shooting sports? No, uh, the biggest thing that I can uh, try to get through to people is just ask Mm -hmm. 95% of the people at a shooting competition out there. They want to help. They want to see it grow. They, they love the sport. And they love helping people get involved. And so don't be timid to just go ask. Every once in a while, you're going to run across someone with a big ego. And that's shooting sports, right? But yeah. but the majority of the people are more than willing to help, point you in the right direction, get you started in any discipline you want. And so just don't be afraid to ask. Oh, that's great. That's great advice. Well, Levi, thanks for taking time to, to come up and, and speak to us and Uh, I learned a lot and I'm excited for future events. So thanks again for coming up and taking time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. Subscribe and listen for more outdoor stories and content wherever podcasts are found on highlandermag.com and each Sunday at 4 p.m. on Aggie Radio 92.3 FM in Cache Valley.